you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky Rhett back with you. Week one is in the books, and I I would say it ended with a bang. I mean, that was one of the more... Uh, emotionally roller coastery rides that I can remember uh, for a Monday night football game, week one. Uh, Buck, what in the world? I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to bring all this stuff in that we saw last night. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. And you can hear my dog in the background. She's saying it's a lot because of all the stuff that we saw, not only on Monday <laughs> night, but throughout the course of the weekend. There is nothing like the National Football League. We think we know coming out of the preseason. But we really have no idea what's going to take place when they kick it off for real. Look, guys, I mean, I was at Jets camp. Um, You know, chances are you guys were there at some point in time based on all that we talked about, you know, with this Jets team coming into this season. I was on the was on the pregame show for the Giants Jets preseason game that we had live on NFL Network. Um, You know, the amount that we had talked about anticipated got excited for what was about to be the season debut um, of a year that it, you know we expected to have such huge expectations for this Jets team. I felt like I was invested, you know, and then now I'm just, you know, I think like everyone, you know, your, your heart just kind of sank. Obviously, uh, you feel terrible for Aaron and, and for everyone who put in that much time to make this season, you know, all that it could be for the Jets. But now it's like, all right, we, we got to move past this thing, right? We got 16 games left. Let's figure out a way you know, to salvage this season because, you know, they do have a ton of talent. I'll tell you guys, man, and we'll jump into this game. I was actually yeah. visiting someone in the hospital watching the game. Uh, so I'm watching this game and I did not, I got there. I, I literally got in my car. So I'm driving to the hospital and it's, there's like, you know, 12 minutes to go in the first quarter. And, the, and I turn on the radio and it's like, Zach Wilson drops back to pass. And I kind of just was like, I'm in the car by myself. going like, wait, what? What, what's going on? Yeah. Like I was totally lost <laughs> trying to catch up on, on, on the news. So then fast forward to the end of the game. I'm in the hospital. Uh, it's late. You know, obviously it's, it's, it's an overtime, even though we're on the West Coast. He takes that punt back and I just like jump out of my seat. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I realized you can't scream like that. Oh my gosh. When you're in a hospital that somebody, the nurse is going to come cr- crashing in there and think something's gone terribly wrong. It was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was surreal. The whole thing was bizarre. Uh, but Buck, I, I guess I'll, I'll kick it over to you. First of all, you know, is hope lost for this Jets team? And where do they go? You know, in your opinion, if you had to make this next decision, this is going to be critical for them. What do you do? Uh, I think you stand pat. Uh, you may bring in a veteran quarterback to obviously back up Zach Wilson, but. Uh, part of your confidence, one of the reasons why you didn't trade Zach Wilson away is because you felt like he had some value. And you felt like after listening to Aaron Rodgers at some point, he was going to hand the baton back and the keys to the offense back to Zach Wilson. Not this year, maybe not next year, but in a couple of years, the expectations that Zach Wilson was going to continue to be the franchise quarterback. I would rally around Zach Wilson if I'm Robert Sala in the offensive staff. Let's build him up because throughout the course of the preseason, 
Zach Wilson looked like a different guy. Watching him play last night against the Buffalo Bills, he looked like a more mature quarterback at the position. Was it perfect? No, but he certainly was more decisive, more confident, avoided the big mistake, and found a way to win game a game that maybe he wouldn't have won last year. If you're Robert Sala and those guys, this is part of why they pay you the salary that they pay you to be the head coach. Your job is to solve problems. You now have a problem at quarterback. The solution should be Zach Wilson. But now, how do we fix the team to win with Zach Wilson in quarterback instead of Aaron Rodgers at quarterback? Yeah, and, and look, I think, I don't know, DJ, you're going to get into this based on what you saw from Zach Wilson and from this offense uh, once Aaron Rodgers went down. But but I think you kind of saw the formula, right? You kind of you got a taste of it in game. And I, I think until you can get this offense and you get Zach and Nathaniel Hackett to kind of you know, work this thing out together and find their best course forward, you know, in the past game and, and throughout, you know, that's good. That that's going to take some time, right? It's going to take a couple of weeks. So until then you ride Brees Hall, you ride Dalvin cook, you ride Michael Carter. Like those, th- that run game was terrific last night. I mean, Brees obviously had the 83 yard run, which was awesome, but then, you know, came back in the next, you know, nine carries were still pretty solid. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook, you know, didn't get it going as much in the run game, but you can rely on him in the pass game, too. I think I think what you're you know, part of what you're going to see is is what you saw in the wake of the Aaron Rodgers injury. And, and until Zach and Nathaniel Hackett and, and the offensive staff can figure out a path forward of comfortability in the pass game, you, you ride it. You ride it out because the, the offensive line for as shaky as they might have been throughout the preseason, DJ, you know, in the in pass pro. I mean, like they look pretty dang good in the run game. Yeah, and this was the first time getting that specific five out there together. So I, I think right. you'll see them, provided they can stay healthy, get better. They do have a little depth. Joe Tipman's not starting for them right now. They're rookie who's going to be a really good player along the interior. They have Vera Tucker who can slide out and play tackle if needed. So they have a little bit of depth there. They just need to stay healthy if they can up front. Uh, a couple things. Brees Hall, you mentioned him, Rhett. He played 17 snaps. 17 snaps. Did he had 147 yeah. total yards. I mean, goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. And people need to remember, go back to last year. We know how it ended last year with Zach Wilson and the Jets. They, they, they couldn't win a game. They couldn't move the ball. He got benched. Mm-hmm. It was a nightmare. But look at what happened when they had Elijah Vera Tucker in the lineup. Look at what happened when they had Brees Hall in the lineup. They were winning games with Zach Wilson, not really asking him to do a whole mm-hmm. lot early on in the season. Now, fast forward to this year, you've got Vera Tucker back. You've got Brees Hall back. Now you've got Mekhi Becton, who you didn't have last year. Now you've got Dalvin Cook as well. You've got Lazard, who is an unbelievable blocker. who He helps the run game as well, and he's a, a trustworthy target you can get the ball to. They played a bunch in 13 personnel. They had three tight ends on the field. Jeremy Ruckert mm-hmm. is going to be a really good player. But when you look at Uzama, Conklin, and Ruckert, they can, they can give you some nightmares matchup-wise what they're doing in the run game and then maybe spread you out a little bit in the pass game. I think this offense with Nathaniel Hackett looks on first blush to be a better fit for Zach. They're going to really incorporate the screen game. They're going to bake in some easy completions for him. But I, I want to give Zach a little bit of credit here uh, because I felt like watching it and, and listening to the broadcast, it was it was almost whoa, whoa, like, whoa. oh my gosh, you know, everything that happened good was somebody else's to somebody else's credit, and everything that went bad was his fault. And I'm like, oh, hold up, there's there's a third and five conversion. He throws a corner route to mm-hmm. uh, to Garrett Wilson. It's a key conversion. 
And and uh, I'm watching this buck, and at, when you see it on TV, you're like, oh, he underthrew it and kind of got him on the back shoulder. He had to go down and cradle and catch it. And then then you watch the tape this morning, and I see, look, you've got the corner to Davis White who's sinking underneath that. He throws that on target. It's picked. He actually did a nice job of pulling him away from the defender. It was a good throw. He had a couple other nice conversions. Uh, so I, I think there's there's things in place to help him. And, and, Buck, I'll get it to you on this one. I think the most important piece that's there for him that wasn't there last year is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers needs mm-hmm. to stay invested here because the two questions, the mm-hmm. two issues with Zach more than anything else, decision-making and confidence. And I think Aaron Rodgers can help in both those departments. Absolutely can help him. The best job that I think Aaron Rodgers has done in looking at it through hard knocks, he has been the mentor to Zach Wilson that every young quarterback needs. He has worked with Zach Wilson to understand how to go through the progressions, uh, when to dial it up and be more of a risk taker, and when the game is in hand and when you can be conservative and you just make good decisions. He needs to be around because Zach Wilson has certainly made a tremendous amount of progress from the beginning of the offseason to now. He looks like a much different player than the one that we saw the last time he was on the field in 2022. That needs to continue. But you pointed out, Brees Hall, Look, when I look at Brees Hall, Brees Hall has some vintage Le'Veon Bell. And I don't want the Jets fans to freak out because the Le'Veon Bell that showed up in New York is not the one that I'm alluding to. I'm talking about the one that played in Pittsburgh, the one that was crafty and shifty and has a knack for getting to the next level. Brees Hall looks like a superstar running back. Well, now you take Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, you run the football behind that big offensive line. You now change the magic number from maybe 30 rushing attempts to 38 to 40. And you just commit to, we are going to run the football down opponents' throats, much like how Shanahan does with the Niners. You play defense behind that and find a handful of concepts that Zach Wilson can execute well. I'm not asking the number two overall pick to play like Brock Purdy, but what I'm asking Robert Sala to do is to look at his colleague, Kyle Shanahan, and figure out how they got Brock Purdy to play well and implement a similar strategy to get Zach Wilson to play at a high level for the Jets and still find a way to win win games in New York. There's a way to win with this offense, but it was plain to see last night. This is a championship caliber defense that the Jets have. I mean, uh, you know, you get Quincy Williams, you know, and DJ Reed, you know, combining for like 21 tackles on the day. Uh, Quinnen, you know, is I mean, Quinnen forced that last or I think it was actually the second interception from Josh Allen, which we'll get to here in just a second. Uh, and then, you know, it was Quinnen absolutely destroyed the center. And, you know, Josh threw up a prayer into double coverage. that got picked off. Um, and, you know, you get uh, Jermaine Johnson in with the sack, you know, and uh, Quentin Jefferson might end up being one of the better you know acquisitions of this offseason. Two sacks on the night uh, for himself as well. Um, and Jordan Whitehead, like. Can Josh Allen, like, is it a, is it a problem with seeing the number three? Is it like an invisibility situation? The three interceptions all to number three in white. Uh, I mean, just to kind of connect the dots with Zach Wilson and Josh, I mean, Zach outplayed Josh Allen. Zach operated better within the offense Mm -hmm. that he was running than Josh Allen did. Um, And, you know, Josh said as much himself. He was the reason they lost this game. Uh, You know, he said it a number of different ways, a number of different times. And he's absolutely right. It felt eerily similar to the problems that they had on offense a year ago. Barely running the ball, throwing it 42 times a game and forcing balls into, into, you know, double coverage. Clearly 
uh, bad decisions at times. And then that last inter- that last interception might have been both bad decision, bad throw, the whole deal. Um, I, I'm a little concerned about where this Bills offense is going to take this team uh, this year, uh, DJ. Because th- those three interceptions from Josh Allen are, you know, those are unacceptable. Yeah, and I think it's it's a combination of the two things. And you know, I, I've had I've fielded a lot of questions about man that this Chargers defense can't be this bad against the Miami Dolphins. Are they really that bad? I'm like, well, you know what? The other side of it is Miami's offense is really good. Now this Jets defense is loaded. They are stacked, yeah. and they were hitting him repeatedly. They got to him five times to sack him. They hit him nine other times or nine times total. And I, I think what happens sometimes as a quarterback when you've got pressure like that. And then all of a sudden, you're able to elude the pressure a little bit, and you feel like you've bought time. You feel like somebody's got to be open down the field. Like, I just got out of this maze, and somehow I've survived. Like, where's my shot? Well, the thing is, the Jets are doing this. They're getting this pressure with four guys, sometimes five guys. They still have coverage on the back end, and I think he just got too greedy, too aggressive. You know, in college at Wyoming, we refer to a little bit as some hero ball. Well, this you've got to understand as you mature – Understand there's a there's different paths to the finish line on a weekly basis in the NFL, Buck. And this was a game that didn't require that from him. He didn't need to play hero ball. They needed to run the ball and punt at one point in time. That's all they really felt yeah. like they had to do. I mean, they had this Jets offense trying to find themselves. The stadium was dead. Mm-hmm. You know, you just had you know Aaron Rodgers. It felt like this is let's just complete balls. Let's run the football. Any drive that ends in a punt or a kick is a, is a successful drive. The one thing you can't do is turn it over. And he did it four times. So that to me just showed a little bit of a lack of growth and maturity that we were hoping to see. Yeah. Lack of maturity, lack of growth, but I'm going to bring this up and it'll be something to watch the rest of the year. Sean McDermott decided to become the defensive play caller this year after Leslie Frazier stepped away from it. And what I worry about with Sean McDermott doing this is Can he stay on top of calling the defense while managing the overall picture of the game? Meaning, in this situation, perhaps if he had a defensive coordinator, he could then call in to Ken Dorsey and say, we got this game under control. The only thing we need to do is drain the clock, take care of the ball, and let's just get out of here with a win. We don't need to worry about stats. We don't need to worry about how many yards that Josh Allen has. Let's just do what we need to do to get out of here. One of the things to monitor, when you become the guy that is also calling plays, you're so entrenched to that one side of the ball that sometimes you miss the bigger picture when it comes to complimentary football play. I wonder, will Sean McDermott be distracted by the added responsibilities that he put on his plate by being the defensive coordinator as opposed to the CEO that he was when he managed the offense, defense, and special teams and coordinated those groups to make sure that his team was always in the best position to win the game. And here's the thing, the, the last thing I'll say on, on Josh, and I, I think that's, you know, that's a fair point, by the way, to, to wonder, you know, and to follow down the stretch here, Bucky, about, you know, how, how Sean McDermott continues to, to manage the game as a head coach and a defensive play caller moving forward. My guess is he's going to figure that out. Uh, and, and my guess is Josh Allen is probably going to figure it out too. I mean, we've seen how much better than this he can be and seen it, you know, for an entire season, just a couple of years ago. I mean, last year, I know at times felt like we saw games like this and, and he alluded to it. I mean, you go back into this game alone and you see that phenomenal scramble. He has about to go out of bounds and finds a way to sneak it into Stefan Diggs in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. And I just like, obviously I can't imagine how difficult it is knowing you can make a play like that and then trying to dial it back when you know, when you know, you don't necessarily have to because you've done it so many different times. So 
Um, I, I get that that part of it is probably a little bit difficult. Um, but man, yeah, and it, you got to have that game situation awareness, knowing where you're at and knowing what's required of you just to go out there and get a win. Yeah, and again, look, it, it's one week. Uh, the Bills, they're going to be okay. The defense is really good. You go back and watch the tape. They're going to be they're going to be really good on that side of the ball. And Josh will he, he'll he'll learn from this. He'll grow. The ability is ridiculous. Uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about yeah. the Bills just yet. Uh, another quarterback on the positive side of things that's uh, that deserves some praise, and it was another one we were looking forward to seeing. We didn't know what we were going to get was Jordan Love making his debut for the Green Bay Packers. This was a, a big win for them on the road. You see the numbers right here, 15-27, 245, three touchdowns uh, in a game where I thought he got better and better and better. And the numbers are going to come up to compare him to you know Aaron Rodgers and his debut, both, both big wins, obviously Rodgers in a blowout fashion, 37-3. to three. Uh, But again, the number's very comparable, 227 to 245. Rodgers, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Love with three TDs. Uh, uh, let me get to Red on this one first. Just what you saw from Jordan Love uh, versus what you expected to see from Jordan Love. You know, I, I think it was kind of right on par um, because I think we've seen some of this, you know, if you go out and you, you know, you watch, you know, some of what he was able to do in training camp the last couple of years and, and in preseason at times, you know, this year. But what we did see uh, was something that, that Josh Allen didn't have the luxury of, which was barely any pressure on him in this game. Um, you know, just felt like the Bears just weren't able to get any pressure. I mean, you watch that first touchdown pass that he throws to Romeo Dobbs you know, they're down at the five yard line where he expected things to get sped up a little bit. And he's just kind of back there. He patted a little bit. He steps up in the pocket with no real threat at the pocket collapsing. You know, you got Romeo Dobbs is running like a triple move um, in the end zone here to get open. By the way, it was a it was fantastic route. Eventually comes wide open in the middle of the field. And, you know, you're feeling pretty dang good. Clean pocket, good throw on the money, touchdown. And Man, he got off and running with some good confidence early on uh, in that game. And look, I know that the 15 to 27, you know, makes you think like, ah, well, you know, you know, just over 50 percent completion. That's not that great. I, I thought he made some big throws in the game, made all the throws he needed to really make in this game for his team to come out with a W. So in terms of expectation, DJ, I thought it was right on for a guy who'd been in this program and been in this system and been with Matt LaFleur now for a number of years, finally getting his shot. Felt like he had that experience. Yeah, I watched the tape, and to me, I thought he did a nice job of really slowing things down. His lower body, he was he was he was yeah. where his feet were. He wasn't too skittish. He got more comfortable with that as the game went along. You saw him climb up in the pocket. He just looked like somebody that the game it slowed down for, and that's the benefit of sitting. You get a chance to to, yeah. to understand and, and master your offense. You get a chance to study defenses for a few years. He looked like somebody who had that poise. Now he still misfired, missed a couple shots that he's got to make you know accuracy wise this is you know if you we put up the board comparing to Aaron Rodgers like this is not Aaron Rodgers he's not as pinpoint accurate no. as he is um, but I thought he was comfortable I thought he was poised and uh, and I thought one of the, the differences in that game when you watched it um, versus some of these other quarterbacks that struggled this week I thought they were they were did a nice job LaFleur did Buck of dialing up the shot play and had it steamed up beautifully. I mean, they had the tight end. He, I mean, he, Musgrave was wide mm -hmm. open. There's nobody within 40 yards of him. Actually, it wasn't a great throw. It should have been a touchdown uh, from Jordan Love. But I thought they were they were they were very specific and targeted with when they want to take their shots, and they hit them. They absolutely hit them. I wrote about the Green Bay Packers on Friday, talking about them being one of the sleeper teams that we need to keep an eye on that could emerge as a contender. Some of this is, in my estimation, addition by subtraction. Not knocking Aaron Rodgers, but the subtraction of a four-time MVP 
makes this team have to play a different way. But I think playing differently will give them a better chance of having postseason success because they have to play complementary ball, meaning they have to run the football, ball control, passing game, and really rely on a defense that features seven first-rounders in the two deep on the depth chart. And so when you play to your strengths where you're more ball control and you're leaning on the defense, well, now I want the talent of the defense to show through. And we saw some of that with these, these guys on defense playing really, really well. And we can knock the Bears and talk about Justin Fields and his struggles and whether the offense is doing this. But if the Green Bay Packers play defense like that and they complement it with the running game and the ball control passing game, this is a team that can win a lot of fourth quarter games because they won't make mistakes and they'll find a way to get it done. I am really encouraged if I'm a Packers fan and watching the way that this team won because this is the formula and the blueprint, not only for them to have sustained regular season success, to me, this is how they can win and advance farther in the postseason by really being a team that's connected offense, defense, and special teams. Yeah, and look, on the Bears side of things quickly, I mean, they just have nothing down the field. They either, they either don't feel comfortable calling plays down the field or Fields does not feel comfortable letting it loose, but they have got to get something going over the top. We talked about playing half-court basketball the other day. I mean, that's like... That's like less like a quarter quarter basketball. I mean, they got no space, no room uh, for Justin Fields in that offense. Uh, man, brutal. Uh, but another quarterback. We yeah. talked about love exceeding expectations. Man, maybe the biggest disappointment uh, at the quarterback position and a team overall was Pittsburgh and Kenny Pickett and what that looked like week one. Um, this is a team now again. San Francisco 49ers are stacked. They're loaded on the defensive side of the ball. I, I you know I guess we probably should have lowered our expectations for Pickett in this offense, but. Uh, Buck, this was ugly. Uh, it was not a pretty game. You see the numbers there, uh, 31 of 46 for 232, had a couple picks and a touchdown. But this did not uh, look anything like we thought it might look for this offense. Didn't look anything like what I expected uh, coming off the heels of a very strong preseason by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the, pre- the preseason evidently is a light because what you look at preseason, what you think you know, you certainly have no idea. And the expectation where the Pittsburgh Steelers were getting ready to go toe-to-toe with the bullies on the block the San Francisco 49ers, that they were going to meet them and beat them at their own game, uh, a physical game where it's really about who can knock the other team out. And they tried, I guess, to do that, but the San Francisco 49ers proved to be too much of a match. I looked at their defense. They overwhelmed them at the point of attack, never allowed Kenny Pickett to get comfortable, couldn't win on the outside, never necessarily generated the big plays that you think this offense can generate. And to be honest, they couldn't run the football, nor did they try to run the football to make the game yeah. what we thought the game had to be. This had to be a fight in the middle of the ring where you're dropping haymaker after haymaker. The Steelers never could drop a haymaker, and the Niners just absolutely took them to the corner and beat them up until they had to tap out. Yeah, I think this this game and this performance from Kenny Pickett is, you know, in a way affected by, you know, the game script, affected by the way the game flow really went when, you know, the 49ers jump out to an early lead. And, you know, you'd like to think that that doesn't affect the way that you want to call the game, you know, knowing what your strengths are as a team and knowing what you want to get accomplished. But, you know, it, it does. It probably does. I assume it did. Otherwise, Najee Harris, we'd be sitting here talking about him, you know, having much more than what do you have? Six carries in the game, um, you know, for, for 31 yards. That can't, you know, that that's not going to happen moving forward. It just uh, just doesn't feel like that was that was obviously the way that they wanted this thing to go. Um, you know, I, I look at, uh, you know, we talked a lot about the, the Steelers trying to improve 
their offensive line going into this season really felt like they did. And maybe it will come together here down the stretch. But I mean, you want to talk about how good that 49ers defensive line is? They had like six guys along that defensive line with a pass rush win rate of over 20%. Uh, I mean, I mean, like they were they were getting pressure on Kenny Pickett all over the place. But the other thing is, you know, you look at the targets. I mean, it wasn't like they weren't trying to push the field. I mean, both George Pickens and Deontay Johnson were both getting targets 10, 12, 15 yards down the field, just weren't connecting in, in a way that, that we saw them connect in the preseason. So I, I'm not completely off the, the bandwagon here on the Steelers offense, but they, they got to prove and they got to show some improvement here really quick. Yeah, and to your point, Rhett, they uh, they did try and push the ball down the field. Um, there was there yeah. was two instances where you had receivers fall down. Kenny then missed yeah. several of them. And to me, two things, just from a teaching standpoint, quarterback-wise, I thought it got sped up. He got a little frenetic in the pocket. Now, you get hit like that and pressured like that, that's going to happen. And yeah. the other thing is when yes. you miss a couple balls, he started. He really started trying to guide the football. Um, so those are things yeah. you can you can work through that. You can coach through that. And thankfully, they're not going to play the 49ers defense uh, each and every week. But the, to kind of put a bow on this whole thing, now, I think this was kind of fascinating to me of the two different conferences. We talked about the AFC all offseason, the quarterbacks, the offenses. We talked about the NFC. Well, it's a more physical brand of football. We saw a couple of these uh, interconference matchups and the physicality of the NFC uh, stood out big time and that game especially. All right, coming up next, we're going to jump into our rookie draft. We'll see who uh, who came out on top last week, and we'll have our draft of rookies for week two of the NFL season right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, well, this year we kicked off something new uh, on the show. We're going to be keeping track of these rookies on a weekly basis, doing it in a creative fashion with a rookie draft. We're each going to draft a quarterback, a running back, and then a pass catcher, either a wide receiver or a tight end. The way this is going to work is we're going to use standard fantasy scoring from NFL.com. And once we have those numbers come in, you get three points for finishing at the highest of a a particular position. You get one point if you finish second, and you get nothing if you finish last. So we each drafted three guys last week in the first ever Move the Sticks rookie draft. Uh, This is how it shook out in terms of fantasy points. You look at the quarterbacks. Richardson got me 20, uh, so I ended up taking the quarterback category Stroud with with 10 for Buck you look at Rhett getting seven from Bryce Young the running backs big win for Bucky uh, with Bijan getting 20 points uh Rhett had Gibbs was second there and then I had Bigsby who did not a whole lot for me uh the wide receivers <laughs> oh we're never gonna hear the end of this Rhett got Puka Nakua got him 21 points uh I had Flowers who got 17.7 and Addison got 16 so all three of us had really good looking uh wideouts there but just in terms of the fantasy points it goes Bucky, myself, Rhett. But with our scoring system, how about this? It's four, five, four. Five ball game. We emerge from week one all locked up. So this, again, this is this is competitive. We're going to do this each and every week. We'll see some of the same names, obviously, with the quarterbacks. But we'll get some other names in the mix here uh, with these pass catchers and maybe a running back or two. Uh, so we're going to switch up the draft order. 
We're all knotted up right now. Buck, you got the first pick, I believe, last mm. week. Uh, Rhett, you get the first yep. pick this week. But before before we do that, do you want to take a victory lap, uh, by the way? Oh. I, I guess I'll let – go ahead, Rhett. Take Absolutely. your victory lap on Puka Nakua. Go ahead. No, do come it. on. Yeah, better believe it. I mean, look, you know what? I, the conversation has kind of transformed a little bit when we talk about quarterbacks and we do those pro days and we talk about arm strength. And I think a lot of us get you know enamored by some of it. But then we've kind of come back to level and saying, well, does he just have enough? Does he have enough arm strength? Yeah, he does. Puka Nakua has enough speed, right? He didn't run a 4-3-6 in Indianapolis at the Combine or at his pro day. He has enough speed to get open. He is a strong receiver. I mean, first snap that he's got, first target he gets, he gets, um, you know, he's got a blitzing corner comes on, comes after him off the edge. He's kind of able to just maintain his leverage, get in, and then find an open zone. I think he's got the trust of Matthew Stafford. He's got terrific hands. You watch another one of the quick hitch, catches it, bam, he immediately knifes up field, not trying to mess around, going laterally. I, there's a lot to like about Puka Nakua. I mean, look, honestly, kind of reminds you a little bit of what you get out of Cooper Cup. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, oh, I was yes, thinking so the same thing about Cooper because it was like at some point in time, you can't you can't just like be like, well, he's, you know, well, I don't know. He's just working in space. He's, you know, he's not having, uh, okay, he's not really facing much press yeah. coverage. It's like, no, he's good. He's just a good player. Yeah, he's uh, just but good we're, we're going to be selfless as we are. Let, let Rhett be the ego of the bunch. We won't take our victory laps on the guys that we got right. So we'll, we'll just jump yeah. right into the draft. Rhett, yeah. go ahead. You got the first All pick. Bijan Robinson, let's go. I think you're going to get even more touches this week out of the top 10 pick of the Atlanta Falcons going up against the Packers this week at home. Uh, I'm going Bijan for my running back with the first pick. Yeah, this is. I think we're going to have this every week. We're going to have Bijan Robinson being the first pick because it does feel like the gap <laughs> between Bijan and anybody else at the position. It's 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 pretty wide. Well, so the rushing I, I and the I receiving. Uh, I mean, the touchdown he scored Everything. last week was in, was incredible. Yeah, yeah, they didn't even major in Bijan in that game. He was like a they just minored that's in right. Bijan. I can't wait for the game where they really cut him loose. He's going to go off. So I look. That's a smart play. I can make a case. I should go with the second running back here. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not going to do that because I'm going to go back to the well. What treated me well last week is going to treat me well this week, and that's Anthony Richardson. He's going to be my first pick. I'll take the quarterback to me. The the uh, the opportunity to make things happen with his legs that that helps you know goose your point total a little bit here. Uh, so he gives you yeah, that. And I thought he did some nice things in the game last week. I thought he did. Uh, really worked in the middle of the field. We talked about that yesterday. Showed some uh, some ability to sort through things and see things and, and deliver some accurate balls. Now, it's not going to be perfect, but I think the combination of him using his legs, getting me some yards and maybe a touchdown on the ground, and then maybe hitting some plays down the field. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go quarterback, Buck. I'm going Anthony Richardson with my first one. Oh, man, it's a good pick. Kevin watched him up close and personal. He certainly did a good job for the Indianapolis Colts. They can build upon some of the stuff that they uh, displayed against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So now I get back-to-back picks, though. Uh, let's go on the perimeter and get two playmakers that can make it happen. Jameer Gibbs in week two should make an improvement. So I'm going to take him with my first pick for the Detroit Lions. Let's see if he's more comfortable, gets more touches, puts the ball in the paint. And then I'm going to go back because he treated me well a week ago. Let's go with Jordan Addison. I saw my guy Justin Jefferson have mm. over 150 yards. But at some point, they got to they got to take him away. So Jordan Addison will have more opportunities. So there we go. I am the king of the north. Give me a Detroit Lion and a Minnesota Viking, and let's see if we can put up some more monster numbers when it comes to fantasy. Because based on my scoring on the fantasy, I won that week. I don't know what kind of scoring system we're utilizing here, but based on the yep. fantasy points, yep. my team won last week, and I deserve my crown. 
well. Uh, yeah, you, you did. You scored the most fantasy points, but the rules were well established uh, before this whole thing yeah. started. So, I mean, let's let's be honest here. It's a it's a movie like stick the guy in the league. system. It is a yeah. He's like the guy in the league that scores the most points at the end of the season, but doesn't make the playoffs, right? I mean, like this, nobody wants yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, well, don't get me started on the Padres run differential. Okay, we could go down that road if you want. It doesn't matter. You got to win. You got to win the games with the rules as they exist. All right, I'm going to go my second pick. I feel like, look, I'm getting attached to some people. Last week I took Wait, uh, Anthony whoa, whoa, Richardson. Whoa, 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 did a nice whoa, whoa, job whoa, whoa, whoa. for me. Hold on a what? second. Don't I? Uh, did, it's, isn't it my turn? No, Red doesn't. Red doesn't what, understand what are you talking how about? Works. He doesn't understand. He doesn't mean, understand. Do you not get this? Dead. I pick second. Goes, I pick in between you and Bucky the whole time. Then last. Goodness yes. gracious. Okay. You're first, last, right, and good. first. That's that, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's he's confused. I need a I need a draft. Oh Can we get a draft gosh. tracker on the bottom? Okay, go <laughs> <ahead>. Good. Oh. <laughs> hey. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if Drew can hear me, but can we just auto draft him next week? Just just leave him out of this segment. <laughs> yeah, we'll put him on auto draft. It. Um, okay. I, I'm gonna go. I'm going Zay Flowers second week in a row. Uh, he was great last week. I mean, shoot, he was. You know, Puka Nakua ended up scoring the most most points. He was right behind him. Caught nine balls. Carried the ball a couple times. He's going to be the focal point. Uh, as, as Rhett said the other day, with Mark Andrews in this offense. So Mark Andrews is healthy and out there. I think you'll see. Uh, you know, pretty even split there. But right now. Uh, I am I'm big on Zay Flowers and what he can do. Bubble screens, quick hitters, and then also uh, what he showed route running wise at a legit comeback. You watch that route and you're like, okay, this dude is uh, yeah. he's got it. So I've got uh, I've got Anthony Richardson. Now I've got Zay Flowers and Rhett. How this works is you get to pick twice. Uh, in, in case you didn't know, go ahead. <laughs> oh, copy that. Thank you very much. Uh, all right, guys. You know what? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the well here, and I'm gonna keep my same choices at quarterback and at receiver. Well, no, no, no I'm not gonna keep the same choice at receiver. I'm gonna keep the same choice at quarterback. We're gonna go C.J. Stroud here, um, and I feel pretty good about that against this Colts defense. I thought I I think I saw enough uh, of of what I of what we wanted to see from C.J. to think he'll get a little bit better each and every week. So. Give me CJ Stroud with my quarterback selection. Um, and then this week at wide receiver. Oh boy. You know, tight end. I, um, I could go tight end actually. Yeah. Right. We could, we can do go, that. Go and, you know, do, look do at, something different. Yeah. Do something different. Yeah. Patty okay. Cade, you know what? You challenge, if you're you challenging me, if you're challenging me, Give me, uh, give me Dalton Kincaid uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders okay. this wow. week. Give me Dalton Kincaid to uh, okay. help Josh Allen find some more high percentage completions this week. All right, there we go. I, I like that. Uh, all right, my last pick. I got to get a running back. Last week, I was very confident. I was very confident in Tank Bigsby. You already uh, felt I put really him good out about there. It. I said, Buck, you're going to see it in person, and you're going to feel so bad uh, watching a guy on the team that you're calling games for just run it up. And then uh, he fumbled and didn't run the ball very well, but he did get in the end zone. So that was nice to get in the end zone once. Um, had a ball what, clank off of his hands. Uh, wasn't a great showing. So yep. we're out of the tank business for now. We're gonna get. We're gonna put him in timeout. Maybe we'll go back to him later. Um, but I'm gonna go to a guy I'm gonna see in person uh, for the Tennessee Titans and Ty J Spears, uh, a player who coming out of yeah. Tulane loved him, loved his game. Remember they did the medical and it's like he doesn't have an ACL. And it was like, oh, gosh, how how high can you take him? How long is his career going to last? Uh, but he looked good last week. That's all I know. Uh, so I'll, I'll go ahead and take him. Last week, the Chargers struggled against the pass. You got to figure 
Uh, the Titans aren't going to try and throw it nearly as much as the Dolphins are. They're going to come out and try and run the rock. So uh, I'll go with Ty J Spears. I like it. Well, that's easy. So now I am just left to pick uh, one of the quarterbacks, and my options are C.J. Stroud versus uh, Bryce Young. No, C.J. You got Bryce Stroud is going against C.J. Stroud. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So, so I get, I gotta, I gotta go. With, I gotta go. With, I gotta go with Bryce. You only got one, Bryce. Yeah, yeah. You're going with Bryce. Why? What happened? I took, took C.J. Stroud. Took, he took Stroud. You took Stroud. What? What's going what, on I mean, around DJ, here? He was talking so much. I couldn't. He was talking so he was talking so much I couldn't pay attention. He was doing a dissertation on all his guys, and I I lost focus. My ADD kicked in, so my uh, bad. So I got Bryce Young. So what right. is that? You got Bryce. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh! Next week I'm auto drafting both of you guys. I'm gonna have Bucky's dog make his pick next week. Rhett, you're fired. Just, you don't get like to make I... your pick either. Oh, what are we doing? Man. Come on. Um, all right, all right. that's it. That's it. We'll see what the scoreboard looks like. Uh, wow, look at that. See, I've got them pitted against each other. I'm going to cruise to victory this week. Um, all right, there you have it. There is our week two rookie draft. A, a debacle is what it was, but it, we did get it finished. All right, that's going to do it for us today. We appreciate you guys hanging with us. Uh, stay tuned tomorrow. Again, move the sticks five days a week. Tomorrow on the episode, we are going to dig into the Dallas Cowboys, their defense. Is this something we're going to see all year long? What makes them tick? What makes them special? As well as a look at a defensive edge rusher who had a dominant week one. Uh, we'll dig into that as well. So be on the lookout for that tomorrow. We'll see you right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.